Radio.com. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries and Craig Henderson, who uh, helps lead the Mander and SWAT group in today for David Gray, who is going to be in for Brad Sykes, who normally sits on that side of the microphone uh, across from me. And uh, really appreciate you being here, Craig. You've always been a faithful guy to be here when we need you uh when you can and uh i appreciate it uh thank you and thank you for helping lead the mandarin swat group how's it going down in the mandarin group you know it's 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 really going well doug and i think the the studies uh, so far the first two in the book of mark one's the sort of the overview and really understanding mark's life and, and then the one the beginning first eight verses were were fantastic studies and everybody was really excited by the word and um how you really brought to brought the opportunity to understand Isaiah as well as Malachi. Well, yeah. you know, you you've been a believer for quite a while, haven't you? Yes, sir. All right. How many times have you read through Mark? I was driving quite a few times. Yeah, but I don't. But never connected Mark oh, or Malachi and Isaiah, even right. though it's quoted, right? Yeah. Like yeah. me, you know, and you really and I, I share this with people all the time. But and you know, I really. I learned this principle when I was in the Marine Corps when I was uh, teaching. I was an instructor, Harrier pilot. So I flew Harriers for eight years. And the last two years, I was an instructor. And you really learn, you know, you learn whatever material you're learning when you start teaching it. Yeah, that's the truth. Because you dig deep into it. And you, your mind goes from being just a student getting the information to okay, I've got to not only get it, I got to give it in a way that is uh, understandable. So you you really want to know it. And for us as believers, the Holy Spirit has to enable you to have understanding. Apart from the Holy Spirit, it's just fleshly. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, you just come to it in the flesh, and so you got to have the Holy Spirit reveal it. But it's so uh, fascinating to me how you can read through a text over and over and over and over again and see the same thing there that keeps telling you Malachi and Isaiah. In fact, you can go in the – I've looked in the reference notes before, but not really seeing why that's so significant. Yeah. And – um and, you know, we, we'll get into this this week uh, about the king aspect, which we talked a little bit about last week. But I can honestly say, uh, Craig, my first probably 20 years as a believer, I didn't really have any idea of the kingship of Jesus. It was all about his saviorhood. Right. Yeah. Was it that way for you? you? Oh, yeah. You make the decision that I, I want to, I realize my sinful nature and I want to turn my life over to Jesus and really have him, you know, take control. But the whole kingship thought of that is so, it's not part of what 
I had thought of in, in, in all my early times of, as a Christian and even in early Bible studies. You know? And, and I, I would venture to say that most of the people out there listening or people who would call themselves evangelicals in America don't really grasp the concept of his kingship. Uh, they they want his saviorhood, right? Yeah. But but we really rebel against the idea of his kingship. We we treat it optional, and kingship is not optional with God. No, no, and you're right. I mean, culturally, we've never we've never lived under a king, and yet you know, in in countries where there are kings and or have had long histories of king, I mean, they are known as Lord and King. You know, and and those 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 two terms generally are synonymous. They're always other. together right. in Scripture. Yeah. You know, rarely will you see them separated. Um, but um, I, you know, I was struck if you're just tuning into SWAT. SWAT stands for a uh, SWAT radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and it spawned out of the SWAT Bible studies. And usually, uh, we have an hour long program that's divided into four segments. First segment, we usually deal with uh, things going on in our culture, maybe uh, some cultural uh, news that might be out there, people making the news for various reasons. And then uh, the second and third segment, we typically get into the teaching aspect of the text we're looking at. This week, we're looking at Mark 1, 1 through 8, the Gospel of Mark. And uh, last week we had an introduction to Mark, and this week we're kind of getting into the meat of the text, starting in verse 1, going all the way to 8, looking at this idea of Mark proclaiming a new king. Not a new sheriff in town, there's a new king in town. Right. And so we're going to look at that today and tomorrow and Wednesday, and then we'll have a guest on Thursday. And then Friday, uh, typically Brad and David come in, and uh, talk about what we talk about Monday through Wednesday, but they just kind of flesh it out a little bit more in the lives of disciples. What does it look like? But this week, uh, Brad has a wedding this weekend. His daughter's getting married, so he's taking off, and David's popping out to um, California. And uh, I take Fridays off to be with my bride every Friday, so I'm going to do a replay this Friday. So A best uh, of? Yeah, best of. That's great. So, uh, but I want to get back to, uh, kind of something I, I, I saw the other day and I don't know if you picked up on it or heard about it, but there's a guy named, um, Brian Johnson out in California and he's on this quest, uh, to have his biological age like his he's like he's taking 111 pills a day first of all okay he wears a baseball cap i think at night that shoots red light into his scalp he sleeps in some kind of laser face shield thing that promotes collagen growth and wrinkle reduction and he has spent more than four million dollars developing life extension a life extension, extension system he calls blueprint and uh basically he's he's sharing every decision with his doctors a team and they're trying to develop this health regimen they say already that even though he's in his mid 40s his body looks like that of a guy in his 30s okay um but you know the thing is 
this it's this quest for the fountain of youth kind of a thing um you know but there's no evidence that let's say he gets his body healthy to the body of a 30 year old um he could still die from cancer die from another disease something there he could fall off a cliff right you know i mean like so the whole thing one guy responded to what was going on because there was a lot of comments about it in the article says if you really want immortality you should go to church well that's not entirely (laughs) true we all have immortality the question is how are we going to spend that immortality where are we going to spend it with god in relationship are we going to send spend it apart from him banished mm-hmm. away from him where there's no help and no hope and i i i think spending four million dollars to sustain a body that's ultimately going to die is I, I i i don't know how wise that is you know because how many do you think that brighter minds have not really attempted <laughs> to try to do that over the years? Oh, yeah, I'm sure that, I mean, the, the, you know, frankly, kings tried to live forever, you know, or as long as they could and stuff. And, and I'm all for healthy living. I mean, I, I think it's important. I mean, we are our bodies. Well, we, we, are should God's care, we should care for the our, our, our temple. We That's should. Right. I believe we should. But I to, to man, I just. When I saw that figure, $4 million, just on the idea. I mean, think about taking 111 pills a day. I wonder what all pills he's taking. I mean, like, I take some supplements, you know. I take about six supplements, and I hate taking those in the morning. I can't imagine taking 111 pills. That's crazy. But his goal is to never die. I was going to say, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And and he's like, I want to, you know, his treasure is himself. Yeah. His goal is to never die. Well, I got some bad news for you, Brian. Uh, 100%. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's not entirely true. Because if you add Elijah, you add, you know, uh, you add... um, Oh uh, gosh, Genesis! I'm, you know, um, oh, oh what's who's his, taking you know, up? You know who who's I'm talking up? about? Yeah, I'm trying to think oh, what his name is. Who's taking up? Yeah, it, gosh, man, that is terrible. I'm having those moments now because I know the name, I can see the name, but I just can't say the name. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up because it's driving me crazy. It will but drive me crazy. You know who it there's, is? Yeah, there, there's, you know, a few that people that have that the Bible doesn't say, you know, in that case, God, God took him up and, uh, and yeah, Enoch, Enoch, Enoch. why could I not say that? I was seeing his son, Methuselah. I was thinking Methuselah and it was Enoch, but Enoch, Elijah and, um, Jesus, Mm -hmm. only three people that didn't die on earth. Lazarus died, was resurrected and died twice. That's right. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and so, and you know what was funny about Lazarus that cracked me up is when people like the Pharisees heard that he was resurrected, they wanted to kill him. Like that, that would think about that. Yeah, he was just resurrected from the dead, and they want to kill him as if God couldn't raise him again if he wanted to. But, but, but you know, I in fact I think when Jesus wept, you know, my personal 
belief is that he was weeping because he had to bring Lazarus back from the presence of uh, the of his, father. Of his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and I, I just the only person in the universe who would have understood that is Jesus to have to leave yeah. the father. What it was like to be in the presence of and then God leave, Almighty. And then have right. to leave it. Right. Uh, and That's so he, he was having to bring him back. Um, so, and it might, he might, I'm sure there was an element of him being, you know, touched by Mary and Martha and everything. But, sure. He, I mean, he's, he was compassionate and caring. But sure. anyway, so that, that's, that's our culture segment for today. Wow. The guy, Byron Johnson. We need to pray for Byron. Um, pray that maybe somebody will come into his life that would share the gospel with him because that is the best news ever. In fact, Evangelion we talked about all last week is, is the fact that our God reigns, he reigns. And if he reigns and he says, you're going to be with me forever. Wow. There's no greater message than that right there. Absolutely. So, um, well, listen, uh, Craig, when we come back, we're going to jump into Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, and we're going to look at this announcement of a new king in Rome because Mark wrote from Rome to the Roman Christians, and we're going to read and try to work through the, the things that God reveals about this new king and why those things are important. So uh, thank you again for being here today. And we're going to jump into Mark 1, 1 through 8 when we come back. And uh, if you want to know more about SWAT Radio or SWAT, the Bible studies, you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's S-W-A-T-R-A-D-I-O.com. And uh, we have our meetings on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I'd love for you to join us for those. So we'll be right back with more from SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The floor. Florida, Georgia, Truth Network, on the air in Waycross at 91.3. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? Hey, 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug McCary of His Light Ministries and uh, my friend Craig Henderson, who helps lead the Mandarin SWAT group, is here in the studio today. And uh, we're looking at Mark 1, verses 1 through 8. And specifically today, we're going to be looking at verse 1. But, you know, Craig, uh, over the last few years, um, I had some um, people reach out to me who were struggling with a particular illness. They were really sick, and uh, they they didn't know what to do because they had heard about a cure, a drug that provided relief and healing. And unfortunately, due to the politics of things going on in our country, they couldn't get that particular drug. Now, uh, I was... Um, able to um, have some of that stuff and people um, people came to me and I was able to give them that. One of the people that I gave the cure to was on the verge of having to go to the ICU. They were really in a mm. bad way. Wow. And of course I'm talking about uh, COVID and I'm mm. talking about um, ivermectin mm-hmm. and in um, every case the people that received the ivermectin had a turnaround every case without without fail and the, even the guy going to the uh that was going to have to go to the ICU he had a pretty quick turnaround i'd say between 24 and 30 hours wow now all those people every one of them without fail were grateful everyone oh, especially yeah. the guy who was almost who was almost to the ICU and I thought about that as I was preparing for this week and and I was thinking about um, Jesus and the gospel, the euangelion. And I was thinking what has happened in our country. Like if I gave you, like you're healthy right now, you're not showing any symptoms of any disease. So if I gave you the ivermectin right now, you'd go, that's great in case I need it. You know, I'm, I'm glad to have it. And there would be a general appreciation for it, but not near the appreciation of these people who were deathly ill, struggling with COVID. But you give that person who's struggling, they appreciate the cure. They're grateful. It it makes a world of difference. And there's a lot of gratitude, right? It's life-changing. It's yeah. life-changing. What has happened in America over the last 50 to 80 years is we've given people a cure, but they don't know they have a disease. They don't feel like they do have a disease. They don't, people, people like generally know, yeah, I could get infected or I could, that they have that kind of attitude like, well, it's good to have. Is that fire insurance policy? It's like, exactly. That's a, I was thinking insurance policy. Was yeah, it's good to have just in case this thing is real. <laughs> but people do not see themselves at odds with the creator they do not see themselves deeply uh offensive to the creator in fact there's signs everywhere god loves you the way you are and he god will will bring us in the way we are he won't leave us the way we are but the bible says that through paul that we were at enmity with god in other words we were opposed to god the Bible says no one is righteous. 
And God yeah. does not look at you as as being righteous until you have Christ in your life. Until I mean, He sees you. He knows your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yes, but you are at war with Him until you appropriate that in your life. And 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 so what happens is a lot of people have received the cure without feeling the need for the cure. And they just have it there and they go, well, this is great if I need it. And I think what Mark does here is he's writing this gospel to Roman Christians. First of all, Christians in Rome, nobody trusted Christ in Rome thinking, okay, this is great if I need it. No. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a life-threatening it, it, decision. It, it was very much okay, this is going to cost me, right. you know, kind of a thing. But Mark's gospel is recognized as the first gospel that was written, the first gospel account of Jesus Christ, the first uh, written account, and it's um, it's based on eyewitness accounts of Peter. And Mark focuses more on the life of Jesus and the unfolding of his life rather than the discourses or the sermons. And so, um, and it's to encourage all those Christians over in Rome uh, that were being persecuted. Mark's primarily wanting people to see Jesus as the suffering servant king. Right. But he also writes about the kingdom of God and the, the discipleship aspect. And you see Mark alluding a lot more probably than the other writers to the messianic secret. In fact, um, Jesus is constantly telling people, hey, don't tell people I'm Messiah. Don't right. tell people I healed you. Don't spread that word. And you go, why wouldn't he do that? Why would he not want people to know? Well, it's because he didn't want people to make him the ruler by popularity. Right. He wanted them to recognize his rightful rule as God's son. Yeah. yeah, and I think he's, you know, it's interesting how he, um, like you were talking about not knowing a, not knowing that you have a problem. You know, Jesus didn't call us to go share the good news and let people live the way they are. No. He, he says, make disciples. Yes, go make disciples. It was never just about proclamation. Right, it, right. It, I mean, that's part of it, but sure. it's not the only part. And we... We've tended to focus on that a lot over the years here. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is even after Peter's proclamation in Mark chapter 8, Jesus is still telling people, be quiet. Don't tell people. Even demons don't mm -hmm. tell people because they go, Jesus, son of God. And he goes, shh, don't tell people. Right. All right. And so, and remember, Mark's gospel is written from Mark, John Mark. His, uh, he wrote it on Peter's eyewitness accounts. But John Mark, his, his, his whole ministry is based on the restoration of Jesus because he's a guy who blew it. He's a guy who deserted one of the greatest missionary pairs in all of time. Um, and he just didn't start well. But yet God uses this guy who's not a preacher, prophet, apostle. He's just a helper, just a servant to write this gospel and and to share with those people in Rome what he says in verse 1 is the beginning of the euangelion the good news of Jesus Christ the son of god and 
And so that's an amazing thing that God used John Mark to pen the first gospel. Well, he probably never saw that coming. Isn't that true of all of us though? God uses the things that we may have failed in, in life to be part of our testimonies to other people and puts people in front of us who are going to under who are going to listen to that and go, gosh, that was me at one point, you know, he'll bring them to us. To, well, yeah. To, in fact, it, it appears like everybody he uses in scripture is a failure at some way. Oh yeah. Shape or well, we all are. Moses was a murderer. Think about that. Yeah. Think about David as an adulterer and a murderer. Um, you know, you just think about Peter denied him three times, kept yeah. sticking his foot in his mouth. I mean, like he uses people that are broken because that's really all he's got to work with, right? That's exactly right. I, I mean, so, um, but it's fascinating to me that Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew, not Mark, Matthew and Luke, they they give three chapters worth of writing before they get into the ministry of Jesus. But Mark jumps right in. He's like the uh, USA Today, I call him, of the Gospels, right? I mean, just very succinct, uh, action-packed, and uh, it is the shortest of all the Gospels, you know? So, uh, well, it's like he's all excited. I mean, he wants to tell the story that uh, that Peter has shared with him probably over years of listening to Peter share, talk about this and be able to, like, jump in and and, um, and and let's get right to the meat of the story, right? Yeah, yeah, he's... He's great at that, and uh, he doesn't, it's, you know, one of his favorite words is the word immediately, and he uses that over 40 times wow. in his gospel account, and it just means straight away or right now, and so this is great for guys, right? Guys oh, yeah. like the, <laughs> the quick, and so. Yeah, cut to the chase. So here we are this week. We're looking how God reveals we talked about euangelion a lot last week we're going to get into it again this week but the word for good news or gospel is the greek word euangelion that's e-u-a-n-g-e-l-l-i-o-n euangelion um and the reason that's important the reason i bring that out in greek is in the greek old testament you see that word and we'll get into that in a minute but I want to lay out the outline for the week that God reveals the good news, the euangelion, through four means in this text, in this prologue of Mark, Mark 1, 1 through 8. And the first way he reveals it is through his message, through his message, an announcement. And we see that in verse 1. Then in verse 2 and 3, he reveals it through his messengers, plural, right? Messengers. And then verse, or, or the third way he reveals it is in verses four through six through his marker. You know, his, I, I, I was going to say pointer, but I like to alliterate and have all M's. So I said marker. So God reveals the good news through his message, through his messengers, through his marker. And finally, in verses seven and eight, through his Messiah, his Messiah, Jesus is the one who is going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he's going to baptize. That's what John says. I baptize with water. He'll baptize with the Holy Spirit. So with his message, his messengers, his marker, and his Messiah. And when we come back, I'm going to have you read verse 1, and I'm going to have you, um, we're going to kind of go through that about this Greek word euangelion that's a very special word 
but it's not a spiritual word. It wasn't a spiritual word back then. It was a secular right. word. Did it's you been, know that? I, not until I looked at this study, until yeah. like it, when you had it was actually proclaimed prior to Christ, used yeah. prior to Christ's birth. Yeah, it was. In fact, we're going to read we're going to read a quote that is dated back to about 9 BC where that word is used. And so uh, it was a secular term that you know, we think gospel is it, it's been spiritualized, but to them the word euangelion wasn't. And we'll give some examples of that when we come back. So hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio if you're just tuning in. Uh, We're uh, looking through the Gospel of Mark, and uh, we're going to be back with that, reading verse 1, kind of focusing on that today. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my friend Craig Henderson. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the news uh, to SWAT Radio. Points. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. I once talked to a pilot friend who described how he lands his plane in a deep fog. He told me he has to be extremely alert as he guides his plane on what he called instrument flight rules. If it's a thick fog and he's flying blind, he has to totally depend on his instruments and the signals from the control tower. Well, friend, you know as well as I that often we go through life flying blind. And I don't know about you, but... I can get a little panicky when things feel cloudy and the future looks foggy. When my thoughts are confused, I have to live on instrument flight rules like check mission, check attitude, check source of strength, have I prayed, check, am I in the word, check. (laughs) Just remember, if you live life using scripture and prayer, and those are God's instrument flight rules, you will enjoy a smooth landing on any foggy day. Expect some delays because of a crash on I-95 northbound between University Boulevard and Emerson Street. Also, there's an accident in southern St. Johns County on I-95 southbound approaching State Road 207. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 74. Tuesday, showers and possible thunderstorms, high 89. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. I wasn't sure if we were going to come in or not. Uh, it's uh, good to be back with you guys, uh, Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And I was I was kind of taken back to the song. I you couldn't have planned that song better because we're talking about the good news. We're talking about the gospel, the Evangelion. It's interesting when you know uh, that music group is singing good news for the captives. You know, good news for the doubter. Good news. Uh, and they just go on with these different things. I promise you, most of those people are thinking good news because he loves you, he'll take care of you, and he's um, he'll deliver you. 
He'll give you hope. But all those things for the first century audience would have been received in the context of the new king or a messiah who is the anointed one, the king that it was promised. It would have been in light of his kingship, not in light of his cross. Although the cross was a part of it, I don't want to diminish it in any way, but our focus has been so much on the saviorhood to almost the exclusion of his kingship or certainly the omission in a lot of ways. And John Mark, when he is starting off his message, the beginning of the good news, the euangelion, he uses a secular term that euangelion, which means good news about Jesus Christ, which is Jesus Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus Messiah, deity. And this is the beginning. So he's just giving a little bit of a prologue. So as we look at this, Craig, why don't you, I, I just gave it, but I'm going to have you actually read the verse, and then we're going to look at the message. God reveals the good news. He reveals the euangelion through his message, his announcement. So read that announcement that John Mark writes in John or Mark 1 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That is such a mouthful. And so often we read right over that verse without thinking about the connotations. For instance, what did good news mean, or the gospel in this case, this translated gospel? It means, uh, technically, it means glad tidings, good news. But picture, you know, in the, like, think old, you know, Victorian England or, even, you know, even earlier. Hear ye, hear ye. You know, they would give a proclamation. Mm -hmm. um, in the biblical times, the cities had a square in the middle of the city. Uh, it, it, and by square, I mean literally a square piece of slab that the crier or whoever would give the announcement would stand on and they would go, euangelion, 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 good news, good news, good news, glad tidings, glad tidings. And so when they said that, they would be getting the attention of the people in the city to proclaim only one of three things. Usually, it was if a new king was born, second, if it was a new king was coronated, or third, a new king or king had a military victory. Those were the three secular applications that were used. So John Mark, when he wrote this, knew exactly what he was putting down to write the Roman Christians, a new king is here. And but but let's not go to the Romans first. Let's go to the Jews because Jews would have read this too. What would the Jewish people have thought? Well, you got to go back to Isaiah chapter forty. In the Old Testament, it was written in Hebrew and Aramaic, and so uh, to to understand what the Greek word was, you got to read the translation of Hebrew and Aramaic into Greek, which was the Septuagint. So if you read Isaiah 49 through 11, then I will explain what 
the good news that word euangelion is. You'll read, I think the term is good news in the text, but I want you to read Isaiah 49 through 11. Okay, starting with verse 9 of chapter 40. It says, Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arms rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. So he starts off, go to a high mountain. Why? Because that's where you make announcements from. Okay. So he says, O Zion, herald of euangelion, herald of good news. He says it twice. So somebody's making an announcement. So here's how God is revealing the good news. First, through his message, John Mark is writing the beginning of the euangelion. And so he's saying that. So uh, there's another passage in Isaiah, verse 52, or chapter 52, verse 7. Go to Isaiah 52, 7. And again, we're just looking at right now, what did the term euangelion mean to the Jews. Read that, Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of, of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Yeah, so, so basically, Paul quotes this in Romans when he's talking about the euangelion in Romans. And it says, how beautiful are the feet of him who bring euangelion. And euangelion is this, peace, happiness, salvation, and your God reigns. We leave out that your God reigns part a lot of times. Right. And we don't think about it. So for the Jew, it's it, the, the term euangelion is going to be associated with the arrival of, or the ascent of a new king or a king. So with the good news is the arrival of a king, in this case, the Son of God, uh, Messiah, the one who's promised. But what about to the Romans? Well, I shared this at SWAT. There were some, um, in, there were some inscriptions found that date back to about 9 B.C., and, uh, and it was attributed to Rome. And I want to read what it says. It says, Providence, which has ordered the whole of our life showing concern and zeal, has ordained the most perfect consummation for human life by giving it to Augustus, by filling him with virtue for doing the work of a benefactor among men and by sending in him, as it were, a savior for us and for those who came after us to make war cease, peace, to create order everywhere, happiness. The birthday of the god Augustus is the beginning for the world of the euangelion, that's the word used, that has come to men through him. So this inscription is describing the arrival 
of Caesar Augustus. So the good news is that a God has arrived, at least in their mind, who's going to bring peace and order. So the good news meant the same thing for them as it did for the Jews during that time period. It means the arrival of a king. And that's what they would have heard. Yeah, I love, Doug, how this really frames, you know, Mark's use of these terms really frames perspective for the rest of his story, the book of Mark and and Jesus' story. You know, as opposed to thinking of him as, you know, my savior or whatever, he is framing for everybody, the king has come. Yes. The king has and come. And that's his announcement, right? right? That is the message. He starts off, it's the first, it's really all Mark says about his book. Everything else is just eyewitness accounts. But he makes the statement, the beginning of the Evangelion, and he's saying, a new king and savior has come. Jesus is the Christ. By the way, that's his title, not his last name. And he's the son of God, which is his lineage, and, you know, I was reminded uh, of over in uh, John chapter 1 when Nathaniel um, met Jesus and Jesus said he had seen him under the tree. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you really are the son of God. He goes, listen, you're going to see greater things than that. So Mark is sharing this story of the arrival of the greatest king in history, King Jesus, the son of God. And that is the first way God reveals the good news through his message. So um, when we come back, if you want to call in, you want to weigh in on this or anything we've talked about, you can call 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT-7928. Or you can send a question if you want, if you're by your computer, to uh, ask ask at SWATradio.com. We're going to be right back with our last break. And Craig and I are just going to talk about this euangelion and what it means and what they thought it meant and why that's important. So stay tuned to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Argyle at 91.7. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug McCary, 
of his light ministries in today and my friend craig henderson's joining us and uh, by the way if you're not if you're local here in jacksonville or south georgia um, and you want to come to a swat group you can go to swatradio.com and uh, just click on the meetings and you can see all the places we meet we have uh, five weekly meetings going on right now we meet at Woody's Barbecue on Wednesday mornings at 6.30 a.m. And breakfast, we have breakfast there. So Continental Breakfast, love for you to join us. And Wednesday noon is here at the Salem Center, 7235 Bentley Road. And we'll have Chick-fil-A this week. And then Thursday morning at 6.15 over off Belfort. I think it's 4887 Belfort Road. And uh, which is pretty good, Craig, that I remember that. That's very I, I good. I'm impressed. Back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, over there uh, at the Jumpin' Jack's House of Food near the Wounded Warrior building. And uh, then Thursday night, we have SWAT Zoom. And if you want to be a part of SWAT Zoom, uh, it is an invitation link only. So you can email me at Doug at SWATradio.com. We have people from all over the country that help come there. And then Friday mornings down in St. Augustine at uh, uh, Village Inn, which is right there on uh, Highway 1 at 9 a.m. All those locations are listed, and we'd love for you to join us. Listen, Craig, you know, we're in Mark 1 talking about the Evangelion, And again, this is an announcement, right? This is the message. Mark starts off how God reveals his Evangelion, the good news, with an announcement. The beginning of the Evangelion about Jesus Christ. And what's interesting to me is you look at Matthew, you look at Luke, they they open with other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matthew yes, right. starts off focused primarily on a genealogy because he's writing to Jews, right? And um, he had to prove that Jesus was the rightful heir. And um, and and Luke focuses primarily on the humanity of Jesus. And um, he just kind of focuses on his birth. His birth, right. That's right. And because uh, he, he really knew that the the Greek readers and the, the Roman readers would really identify with, quote, the perfect baby that mm-hmm. was born, the perfect man kind of thing. And, uh, and again, John's gospel starts with a statement about eternity. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And he's trying to prove deity of Jesus. But Mark, he wrote for the Romans, and his theme is Jesus is the servant. And remember, we said this last week, the Romans were not known for serving. They were known for having servants, but they were not known for serving. Does that sound familiar? I mean, we may not have servants like they did, but boy, do we have a problem serving in this country? Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the people that are that'll serve are, are few, and they're very and they're you know you, you could they stand out by the fact that they're one of the few that do it right. Everybody else wants to be served. Yes, and Jesus. Remember, we said the key verse probably in the whole thing is Mark ten forty five, where Jesus says, "Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but, but to, to serve." serve. Yeah. And you know when you think about who Mark is writing to, the Romans, and you think from where he's writing in Rome, he knows exactly where he's starting when he starts with this announcement. He's saying, guys, listen, there's a new king, and he's the son of God. Um, 
uh, and and he spends the rest of the time unfolding, okay, what that new king is about, and we're gonna see how much he deals with the kingdom. And I that's one reason I love this gospel. I use it a lot when I get people to, if I have a new believer or somebody who may be not even a believer but who wants to know, I, I send them to the gospel of Mark and I tell them to read it, read a chapter a day. You can read through it twice in a month, you know. And so Mark starts off with the message, the announcement, the good news, he's here. which And we're going to see tomorrow you won't be here, but David will be here. We're going to see tomorrow the significance of that because it had been uh, kind of foretold when this day would come. This is not something where Jesus just shows up on the scene and he goes, okay, I'm king. It was foretold for hundreds of years beforehand, prophesied, and all these things came to bear and we're going to see his messengers tomorrow. We're going to look at that. But really today is about the message, the good news, the euangelion. And I hope if you're listening out there, I hope if somebody says good news from now on to you or the gospel, that you will immediately associate his kingship with that because that's what is they would have heard. Yeah, I, actually, as I read this and think about it and kind of learned in, in preparation through this last week, it's like a capture statement almost. You know, it's like first you're like the you on this good news and it's the kingship good news. And it says it's the beginning of that story. Yes. So it's like, oh, my gosh, I've got to read more to find out about this person, you know, who, you know, is the good news. And, he call, and he's called the son of God, like, you know, Augustus for the Romans. Caesar Augustus was called son of little g god yeah you know but so they would all be interested in what is the story what has happened who is this man yeah and that and and that's that's what mark wanted to get across he wanted he starts off with that and by the way this is again not to diminish that he's also saying the good news is our sins can be forgiven the good news is that we can belong to the family of God and one day we can go to heaven, we can be with God. Those things are a part of it. But what they would have understood is, oh my gosh, there's a new king. Yes. It's that's the what, herald. That's they those people no more associated the king with the cross than anybody in history would have. When somebody heard Euangelion, good news, it by the way, Craig, it was also plural. In the secular uses, it was like multiple good news. It was like it wasn't euangelion just about one fact of good news. It was usually several coinciding good news statements. But with the New Testament, it's always singular. Every time it's used, it's singular because there's one good news. It's Jesus, the Messiah, has come. Interesting. Wow. Isn't that, isn't yeah, that great? Yeah. It's the, it is the one that's, that brings complete good news yeah that's that's because the holy spirit inspired john mark mm -hmm. to write from peter's perspective and to write that in there so um anyway um it, it, it's good news and again if you it, it's singular and by singular i mean in the greek they could have a word be plural form or singular and and it's always singular in the new testament but most of the time when it was used in the secular uh, uh, way, and, and the way we know that is because there's writings from that era that 
or historical books, you know, like Josephus or Tacitus or other Eusebius, different historical books, and there and it's always uh, plural. So interesting, interesting. Yeah. So so this is not like one of the many pieces of good news. This is the singular. This is the only really real good news. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is the good news that he is here. Messiah has come. And listen, um, this is the core, like you said, of what Mark's trying to get across. It's, um, it, he, he wants people to recognize Jesus is more than your friend. Right. He's more than, you know, your buddy. And unfortunately, in our culture today, people have this buddy approach to Jesus rather than the Lord God King he is approach. And it doesn't mean he's not approachable. That That's not saying he's not approachable, but people picture Jesus like their drinking buddy. He's not your drinking buddy. He's the king, the Lord of the universe. And nobody who received this message then would have looked at him as a peer equal. And right. yes, I know he says, I no longer call you friends. I call you brothers. I get right. that. Yeah. But but I think sometimes we've diminished his kingship because of our our lack yeah. of decorum for him as his. As I think king. that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, because really, if 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 you were to have you know uh, the king of England come visit you, mm-hmm. you know, you would I, I would be in awe, you know, and I would. And there's all sorts of protocols that go around that mm-hmm. um, for how they're treated, and so. But but in our own country, we don't really look at that at at jesus that way yes you know, as is as as really the king kingship of him and he is the suffering messiah but too often we have focused only on that aspect and disregarded his messiah kingship you know the davidic messiah the davidic king that was prophesied and uh, if you look here what's the first thing mark wants us to know hey he is the king he's the son of god um, and he's, he's unique. There's nobody like him and he's the new King. So that's what Mark is trying to let his listeners know. Yeah, it really, it, and as we, as we jump into the rest of this and you really start to see not just what John Mark says here, but then begin, you know, in a couple of days, how he's been foretold for hundreds of years, yeah. you know, his coming, it get it adds amplitude to what God is doing in in this in this story here yeah and and you know this euangelion has been part of god's redemptive plan from the beginning right and so god knew when he wrote isaiah even though he was writing about something near it also had a far application in the future and in both isaiah 40 and in isaiah 52 and so um mark shows us in this message this announcement is one of the first ways he reveals and he starts off with this strong statement that it's the beginning where do you find the end like we said last week you got to go to the book of acts and hopefully in your life and my life that the euangelion is continuing to be proclaimed by people who are saying hey euangelion euangelion the king is here how many of us are doing that? How many of us are proclaiming that he's king? Right. Not, yeah. 
Yeah, if I'm if I'm talking to somebody, I'm not saying that that your king is available. Well, he and is listen, here. you know, one of the arguments is, well, people in this country don't know what a king is. That's true. Yes, but that doesn't diminish his kingship. So find a term that works. Uh, not yeah. CEO. A CEO is not a king. No. Okay. No, not at all. You got to help people understand the context. A king back then ruled absolutely. Yes. There, there was absolute rule. Monarchy. Yes, it, it was an absolute monarchy, and we'll probably get into that tomorrow too. But, Craig, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for teaching in Mandarin SWAT. Guys, come check out the Mandarin SWAT Thursdays at 615 at 4, 4887. 4887. Belfort yeah. Road, yeah. okay? 615. Craig will be there. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, David Gray. If you want to see, uh, hear this or any past broadcast, you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. You can communicate with us at Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. Have a great evening, and I'll be back tomorrow with David with more.